1: Welcome to another episode of Duncan Dynasty. Alongside Anthony Brown, I am Garrett Bouguet. Thank you so much for listening. On this episode, uh, we're going to be finishing our discussion on our top 25 current players in the NBA. If you missed last week's conversation, we went from 25 down to number 13. Without further ado, here is us going from number 12 down to the number one spot. We did your 13, yeah. so who do you have Joel at 12? George.
2: I actually have Embiid all the way up at the number okay. 12 spot. Yeah. Um, with, I mean, we probably have said enough about Embiid, but, yeah, on that defensive end, I mean, he's doing some really great things. If he can stay healthy and stay on the floor yeah. with the 76ers, I think it's going to be fun to watch him.
1: Yeah, and I think playoffs. he as of so as of now, he's my favorite for defensive player of the year. He's been that good yeah. on that end of the floor. He... um You know, he's just so long, such a good athlete, Mm -hmm. Uh, and he's ahead of his age in terms of his ability to, you know, figure out what the offense is trying to accomplish. You know, a, a large part of being a good defender is figuring out when the offense is trying to throw a distraction or a decoy on one side of the floor when the real play is happening on the other side. Right, and you know Draymond Green is is an example of a guy that can figure that stuff out really fast, and Embiid is picking that up that stuff up as well, and and that's really a key, especially if you're a rim protector, uh, to make sure that you don't take an extra step in the wrong direction uh, right. to be in the right spot. Hmm. Um. So that was your twelve. Right. I have Kyrie mm. at my number twelve spot. Okay. And um, you know, prior to this year, he wouldn't even have been in my top twenty. Really. Um as an offensive player certainly, yeah. but his defense with the Cavs ha- was pretty lousy yeah. for for um pretty much his entire stay there. Mm-hmm. Um and offensively it was more of like a just I'm going to score for myself and yeah. you know doesn't re- didn't really help his teammates too much. Um but this year with Boston he's done a couple of things that have really impressed me. His defensive effort is a lot higher, and you know, part of that could be just the culture in Boston. Brad Stevens as a coach focusing in on defense. Yeah. I think it's pretty obvious. Ty Lue never really has cared much about the defensive <laughs> end of the floor. Yeah, uh, hasn't prioritized that. Um, so you know, the effort and the defensive um, you know ability of Kyrie has improved. I think a thing offensively that's gotten even better, and you saw flashes of this last season is he started taking even more threes and threes off the dribble, like yeah. your your Currys and your Lillards. Right. And what that does is that makes it so the defense has to make that decision, do we send that double team to prevent that shot, mm-hmm. which then opens up that pass for that four-on-three, which Horford is really good at. Right. Um. And, you know, I think just a couple of years ago, Irving was taking around four threes a game, and this year he's upped it to almost seven. Yeah. So you know that adding that to his game is just a pretty easy, simple way, especially with how good of a three-point shooter he is, shooting around forty percent. Yeah. Um. To, uh. To draw double teams and to open up those uh. You know. Those plays for his teammates to keep his his other guys involved because that was another thing that annoyed me a little bit with Kyrie and Cleveland was it felt a lot like everyone was just standing and watching him. Yeah. Um. But adding that three-point shot and adding that threat. Has opened things up and 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 made him a more well-rounded player on that end. Oh yeah, I have
2: Kyrie a, a few spots higher on my list. Um, okay. I, but in that same area, I mean, yeah. like I think it's awesome uh, seeing what he's done in Boston. And uh, I think like you, I, I hadn't really thought about that, but yeah, he might not have cracked my top twenty last year mm-hmm. as being kind of second fiddle to LeBron. Um, that's interesting. So that was what your number twelve? 12. Okay.
1: So then yeah, you had Embiid at 12. Mm-hmm. Um my uh my 11 is Paul George. So okay. we, we talked about him a little bit. Yeah. Um again, I I like his um I like his all-around playing. I think being that number 2 option suits his skill a little bit more. Yeah. I think he's a little bit um, you know, uh overrated in terms of being that number 1 option cuz I don't yeah. think his passing's that great. And uh, you know, he's just not quite as good at like getting to the basket and getting to the free throw line. Those things that make you really efficient as that top you know, top player on an offense. Right. Um, but I think he's perfectly suited as being an elite number two guy and he's, you yeah. know, one of those more maybe average number one options.
2: Yeah, I like that. I like that him in that spot. Um, so that's eleven. Yeah. Uh so I actually have uh Aldridge in okay. that spot. Um it definitely the the recent uh, his recent performance while Ky uh not Kyrie while uh, Leonard's been out mm-hmm. has kind of helped bump him up a little bit yeah. with me um it's nice to know that he still has that skill level and everything that he had back in Portland mm-hmm. and it was more just the play style of of the Spurs like we were talking about before um but like you said it's questionable to see how that's gonna work when Leonard comes back can they yeah. still do that with Kawhi. Do they need to split? You know, instead of having Kawhi as the first option, you know, I, I don't know what you would do. Kawhi's mm-hmm. pretty
1: awesome. So <laughs> right, I, like when Kawhi's is healthy, he is better than Aldridge. Right. So it makes sense that Kawhi would touch the ball more. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it's that's what the challenge is with coaching and you know constructing a roster is you need not only you know getting as much talent as possible, but then knowing how that talent is going to be affected based on the other guys. And right. That's, that's tough to figure out. And even, you know, as great of an organization as the Spurs, you can tell even they have struggled with it a little bit. Right. Um, but, but, uh, certainly Aldridge has had a great year and I can tell that, you know, um, I'm guessing another part of why you know he's a little bit higher is I think you value that post up guy. I really did. Uh, you can draw those double teams and play that yeah. old school draw or you know inside out type of game. Yep, I am definitely very old school with that. <laughs> yep. Um, so now we're up to the top ten. Top I ten. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so at number ten, I have Jimmy Butler. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah. And what he's been able to do with this Minnesota team has been. Yeah. You know, uh, Minnesota, even with Tom Thibodeau in as the, you know, the mastermind defensive coach last year, they just couldn't get anything out of that team defensively. Carl Anthony Towns and Wiggins, they just showed no progress on that end of the floor. So what does Tom Thibodeau do? He makes a trade to bring in a guy that he has coached with, you know, had coached with the Bulls, knows that he's a a hard-nosed, gritty, um, you know, type of defensive player. And I think, you know, something that gets overlooked with Jimmy Butler in terms of his personality and his, uh, you know, his play style and his effort is that, you know, he was a, um, I believe, the 30th pick in the draft. And he wasn't heavily recruited in college, you know. And he's been this guy that's been kind of overlooked most of his life. And he's had to earn everything he's gotten in the NBA. Yeah. And, you know... Uh, that those types of guys never take it for granted. You know, they play hard every night because they still have that mindset that like I have to earn this check. Right. You know, and that's and and that's so valuable. And I think a, bringing a guy into the locker room like that has really helped the youngsters like Wiggins and Towns. And you've seen some development out of them defensively this year. And Jimmy Butler, like the first month of the season. Was averaging around 16 points a game and just playing good defense and all that. Yeah. Um, but after that first month, uh, I think he just decided, you know what, uh, we're not playing well enough. I'm the best guy on this team. I'm just gonna play like it. Right. And since then, he's been averaging, you know, close to 24, 25 points a game uh, and just playing extremely good basketball on both ends. You know, being that two way guy. Yeah. Uh, and and his leadership has been so crucial for that team. Oh yeah and their like you know they've got home court advantage at the playoffs started today in the western conference at that four spot which again for a team that missed the playoffs entirely to to make that kind of a jump is is very impressive.
2: Oh yeah. Very cool. So all right, so you got Butler at the 10. I've got Chris Paul. At okay. The 10 spot. Um and again, it's kind of hard for me to judge when people are playing with another elite talent, mm-hmm. you know, like so Paul and Harden, it's hard for me to judge those as much but Chris Paul's one of my favorite point guards of all time, so that probably is, you know, why he's where he is, Um, but yeah, just great all-around talent there on the point guard position. What do you think about that with with Harden and and Paul, how that's worked this year?
1: Well, um, Paul got hurt in the opening game Mm -hmm. uh, and then missed a few weeks and then came back and was on a minute's limit, but what they did essentially was they play they started paul they played him the first about 4 minutes took him out and then brought him in when harden came out of the game mm. so then they kind of staggered those two guys so they always had one on the floor yeah. and you know it's been very impressive how um you know Houston hasn't been quite as good offensively with paul out there and harden not yeah. um as opposed to the opposite where it's just harden uh, but they've been still in a lead offense with Paul, you know, leading the way. And, yeah. um, I also like how Paul has been able to sort of shift his game to the the mindset of how Houston likes to play where they take a ton of threes, right. And he's been able to do that pretty seamlessly. And, uh, you know, obviously he's still one of the best passers in the game. He can still create an isolation if he gets a switch with a big guy on him. He's still got the yeah. the great ball handling skills to create his oh, own yeah. shot. Still one of the best mid-range artists in the in the game making that shot. And I think that'll be very valuable for Houston come postseason where, you know, a team like San Antonio basically tried to take away the three-point shot in the layups And they also didn't commit any fouls to send him to the free throw line. They basically said, "We want you to take the shot that you don't want to take, right?" And that most of your team is not good at taking. But when you add Chris Paul, like he's the he's the antidote to that problem, right? You know, he is the perfect guy at getting into those areas and making those shots and making you pay. Right. Uh, So I I think he has been a perfect fit for that team, Uh, and you know their record with with Paul, Harden, and Capella all playing is is you know, I think they've only lost one game with those three guys all healthy. So, yeah. um, you know, the combination of those two has worked well when they've played together. Uh, I I honestly think, you know, um, you can never have too many playmakers out there because it's, it's always valuable to be able to get into your offense quickly, run a pick-and-roll, and if that doesn't work, swing the ball to the other side and run another pick-and-roll. Right. Uh, and, you know, when you have Harden doing it on the left side and Paul on the right. That's scary as a well, defense and, and, to like, yeah, try and... <laughs> right. And Harden is, I think, more effective on the left and Paul on the right, so it works perfectly. Yeah. Uh, so um, I think it's been, uh, you know, pretty great. And Houston is the one team, I think, that, has at least a small chance of knocking off the Warriors I think they're uh the Warriors are so talented but right. the Rockets with those top two guys plus with three-point shooting, oh, yeah. um and you know they've improved their defense with a couple of acquisitions with PJ Tucker and Mbamuteh uh but you know I I've been really impressed with Paul this year and that's why I have him even higher, even higher yeah. on my list but cool. but yeah certainly he I, I think he's he's definitely a top 10 guy in the league and you know, people like to, um, you know, talk down on him just because of the lack of playoff success with the Clippers. But, you know, um, injuries and, you know, and just bad luck have been a big factor in why he hasn't been able to, to make a conference finals. But yeah, every year that he's played, he's been on 55-win teams. And, and generally, they're a contender to usually make it out of the first round if healthy. Right. Uh, so... Um, yeah I, I really love chris Paul so um uh that was your ten uh who do you have at the nine spot uh i've got Kyrie Irving
2: okay. at the nine spot yeah, and again it's it, that going from second fiddle on uh Cleveland and going to Boston after you know Hayward ends up with that horrific injury. That was so hard to watch yeah. live. We were watching that game actually yep. live mm-hmm. uh, with the opener there, and that was just so hard to watch. Right, and, uh, hoping for that speedy recovery there. It sounds like he's getting there slowly but surely. The
1: last I saw, he was like you know basically taking set shots, but actually standing and shooting threes. Right. Um. So that's an encouraging sign. I think he's still a ways away. Cause right. Um, not being able to jump on jump shot, having like that, yeah. that'll take some time. Um, and just having the confidence to be able to put pressure and cut and, and right, all those sorts of jump things. off of that foot again yeah.
2: or land. I mean, that'd be tough. But anyway, like Kyrie to be able to get Boston where they're at now, mm-hmm. I think is is really impressive. Um, I don't know what Boston's going to be like in the playoffs, right? Because I mean, the Cavs are uh, the Cavs are going through a little rough patch right now, but right. you know, I. I still have faith. That they still have LeBron. <laughs> they still have LeBron. Yeah, if LeBron's gotta you know do like he does in the finals and just get forty points and triple doubles every game, he'll do it. Yeah. Um. So I think he can drag them through there. But so that's my nice nine spot, Kyrie Irving. Uh, who do you got?
1: Okay. Well. Um. Yeah, I've got another point guard in that spot, but I've got Russell Westbrook. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah. My biggest issue with Westbrook is. You know, obviously, as the number one option, he can he can carry even like a you know an average supporting cast. He did it last year to forty seven wins. So, right. you know, he can carry a team as the number one guy. Yeah. But my biggest issue is the fact that when he gets more talent on his roster, like a Paul George and a Carmelo, he doesn't necessarily get any better hmm. with having more talent around him. You know, because he's such a guy that uh you know he plays at a pace where he just runs it down uh you know he tries to get all the way to the basket if the team lays off he takes a 15 footer you know and he plays the same way whether he has four all-stars around (laughs) him or a a bunch of nobodies you know and I don't necessarily know that if he played with LeBron and, and Durant and Giannis and right and bead if he would necessarily be any more efficient with those four guys and that's what's wow. that's what's tough is you know we talked about the how draymond green maybe would be a bad first option but is an unbelievable third option mm-hmm. i think westbrook's the opposite he's yeah. a really good first option but he can't really be a third option because he's not a good shooter so he doesn't mm-hmm. he wouldn't be a good floor spacer yeah uh he doesn't ever cut or move he usually just stands on offense yeah um i think uh he like huh. uh was one of the worst five in the league in terms of um setting like off ball screens and just ma- doing anything yeah. he just stands there uh and then defensively uh you know he gambles too much he um you know and even with the likes of a paul george and carmel i don't think his defense has really gotten any better either um, yeah because he's still the highest usage rate on the team, so he's still even with those talented offensive players, he still spends so much energy on offense that he doesn't have it for the defensive end so that's a um, really good point yeah he he's an interesting case and and another guy that's kind of hard to hard to judge, but certainly his athleticism, oh, yeah. his will his you know fiery nature uh you know and obviously he's developed his ball handling and his mid range shot over the years. He's still a great player, uh, but yeah, certainly is someone that's tough to build around.
2: Yeah, for sure. That's interesting. Um, you got me now second guessing my <laughs> placement of of Westbrook on there, but uh, I have him a few spots higher. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, okay. I'm not mad at that. That's a that's a really good uh, argument for for the nine spot. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: okay. So um,
2: who do you have then at number eight? Uh, I actually have uh, Jimmy Butler. Okay, there, yeah, um, just your description of Butler before we started helped bump him up a little <laughs> bit for me, um you know yeah i I think you've said enough about him before, but
1: yeah, yeah, he um he's been terrific, and it Minnesota's gonna be really fun to watch in the playoffs. I yeah. really can't wait, um, like a potential Minnesota OKC c first round would be a lot mm. of fun, and then even seeing potentially those. Uh, you know, if Minnesota got through that to see that young team uh, against like the Warriors, I think that would be really fun. Even though you know Minnesota would be the heavy underdogs, right? Uh, but it, it'll be fun to see Carl Towns and Wiggins their first playoff appearance, and then you know the Butler with easily the most talent he's had on any team that he's played on. Yeah. Uh, before will be will be really interesting mm-hmm. um but yeah i like that pick um at number eight i have anthony davis okay so, yeah um yeah significantly higher than what you had here sure. and and yeah you know just based on pure talent he might even be a little bit higher for but, sure but yeah i dropped sure. him down a few as you said for the the lack of team success and he's also had a few durability issues he almost always misses about 15 games about every season he always yeah. has a few like nagging injuries here or there Um, he'll, he'll play a lot of games where he gets hurt in the second quarter and doesn't return and then he's fine the next game, but it's like, Oh, you couldn't have come back in that, you know, those sorts of things that, that bother me a little bit, but his, uh, his skill on offense, he's become a pretty elite mid range shooter. Uh, He still needs to work on that three-point shot. He's he's taking them, but not quite hitting them at the rate you would want. But his ability to rim-run, finish at the basket with his athleticism, he's developed a decent face-up game as well. Uh, And his defense, you know, he's one of those guys that, especially defending on the perimeter, it would terrify me to take a shot over him (laughs) Right, because he's one of those guys that he could be laying back and it looks like he's giving you the shot right but then he jumps so quick and has such long arms that he could still block it um so you know he's a terror on the defensive end um, from a shot blocking perspective and uh yeah so uh, he's a guy that that yeah i would like to see him fulfill his potential and is a guy that if he does could get up into that top five range uh, eventually and he's still very young Right, so
2: there's still there's still potential there. There's still time. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see that. Well, and the
1: interesting thought, uh, you know, with the whole, um, you know, I understand it's. I don't want to just like move on from the Demarcus Cousins Achilles injury. Obviously, that's right. super unfortunate. I feel really bad for him, but right. you know, the NBA does move on, mm-hmm. and uh, an interesting subplot of that potentially could be that the Pelicans might start listening to Anthony Davis trade offers. uh, Mm. Because, you know, the Pelicans have traded all their first-round picks. They still have horrible salaries, you know, with Jinsa and those guys. And so they don't have much of a future, especially if Cousins never returns to the level that he was at. Right. And and even this Cousins-Davis pairing, although it was pretty good, I think would probably max out at 50 wins. Right. You know, so... Um, are they truly a contender? And especially now if Cousins is gonna be out for at least a year and then when he comes back he's not the same, do you wanna just go about building a team around Davis and eighty percent DeMarcus Cousins yeah, no. and spend the next five years doing that? Or do you want to, you know, maybe try and trade cousins and trade Davis now and, and just and go see full what rebuild happens. And... Right. Um and the Celtics have the most ammunition in terms of draft picks to make an Anthony Davis trade happen. Ooh. Um, but think oh. about how dangerous the Celtics would be, um, especially next year when Hayward comes back, uh, and you could add Anthony Davis to that core with you know Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum getting better and better, yeah. with a Kyrie and Horford, that would be... Um, you know, a legit contender to win the NBA championship wow. and be a dynasty. Yeah, for sure, because they're all <laughs> young enough on that team. Right. I Horford mean, would be the only one. He's, right. I think, um, you know, trying to think, of, he might be 31 or 32. Okay, So he's the, the only guy. But, you know, Hayward 27, yeah. Kyrie's 25. Davis, I think, is... Around twenty five. Yeah. You know, and obviously Tatum and Brown are in their nineteen and twenty. Yeah. Uh so yes, they would be a team that would have a very, very bright future. That is awesome. I'll definitely be on the lookout for that. Yeah. Okay. So um so we've gone through, I believe, uh um number eight. Mm-hmm. So now we're down to number seven. Number seven. Which I have Giannis on Tentacumpo. That is exactly where I've got him oh, too. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So Giannis has stretched the limits to how good a player can be without a jump shot at all, especially a guy that's a, um, you know, he plays the power forward position, but he's more of a perimeter player. He handles the ball a lot. The fact that he's gotten this good without adding that portion to his game is just phenomenal. His athleticism, he's built up his strength to the point where he can bully guys now. uh, And he's become one of the most just unstoppable transition players because... He essentially can take three steps from half court and get to the basket. Yeah. That's how long his strides are, and he can euro step around just about anybody trying to take a charge or block his mm-hmm. shot. Um, he is uh, he is really phenomenal to watch. And again, at just twenty three years old, he's a guy that in a couple of years could be one or two on this list. Yeah, for sure. He's he's a scary talent out there. <laughs> yeah. Just oh yeah. Well, and his defensive ability, you know, mm. uh, is is already pretty good, especially as a, uh, a weak side shot blocker. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, he's a guy that can guard three through five, really. Maybe would struggle a little bit with fives, but definitely three and four spots. Uh, and, and yeah, just uh, a, a really scary talent and a guy that, yeah, has really unlimited potential.
2: Oh, yeah. He's kind of what I was, uh, when I first heard about Anthony Davis coming into the league, yeah what I was expecting, because Anthony Davis, you know, had that growth spurt. He was a point guard, right, right
1: in yep. high school, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, he um, was. He was like 6'2 in high school, yeah. and then shot um, up to about 6'10 in yeah. a year. Super versatile, could do all those stuff on, on, on
2: defense and offense. Um, you know, not, and this is not a knock on Anthony Davis. I think he's amazing, but Giannis has come through, and he's running, the, like you said, on fast breaks. This is incredible Yeah, at his size and yep. strength. Oh yeah. So that's number seven. Yeah, so who oh, then is uh who is your number six? I've got Russell Westbrook okay. up there. Um but you're right, he's a very hard person to place because man, that was a really good point that he's the only player on this list I think that the better his teammates do around him, that doesn't actually mean that he's gonna do better. Right. Um I mean you had Kevin Durant as your you know, other guy on your team and you weren't able to break through
1: and Durant and, is yeah. literally the perfect player in terms of just a guy that you could throw on any team and exactly. he can work smoothly cuz again his spot up shooting he can run off of screens yep. um that's why I think Paul George is a pretty good fit as well cuz mm. he can do you know he's not as good as Durant but he can right. do a lot of those same sorts of things um but why maybe Carmelo hasn't been quite as smooth of a addition because he's a guy that kind of needs the ball a lot, and, and Westbrook, you know, needs it as well. Right,
2: and that's the one downside to Westbrook. That I mean, you're guaranteed all these triple doubles and amazing highlights and everything, but it's not necessarily going to lead to those big wins that you need against these better teams. You mm-hmm. know, we'll see when it comes to the playoffs. I mean, yeah, uh, but yeah, I've got him at, at number six, just off that individual talent. That when he's locked in, it's scary the stuff that he'll do the the runs he'll go on yeah stat wise so what
1: okay do you, so, so yeah, at, number six. at my number six i have chris paul chris paul okay so yeah kind of swap those two yeah. yeah so i think people don't give chris paul enough credit for like the years with the clippers when blake griffin went down for 30 plus games <laughs> and they won at a 50 win pace even without him right you know so i think chris paul could have done something similar that you know that Westbrook did in terms of if he played on a pretty a team with pretty mediocre surrounding talent, I think he could still get them to about 50 wins. I think Chris Paul is that good. Yeah, uh, and his passing ability, I think he gets his teammates a little bit more involved, obviously than than uh, Westbrook, and also obviously, his three yeah. point shooting, he can play off the ball more effectively. Right, and he's also a better defender than Westbrook. Um, so you know, all those reasons are why I I kind of have I have Chris Paul as a borderline, you know, top 5 guy. Yeah. Okay, I like that. I'm not mad at that. So now we've we've made it to the the final 5, final 5. Um and uh, <laughs> let's see um who do you have then at uh, at your number 5 spot? At number 5. I mean, first. Should we do I, a little drum roll? Do yeah. <laughs> little, uh
2: I actually have, and I can't believe I'm saying this. I've got Steph Curry all the way down into a number 5. Okay. And I just want to say how much Like pain and heartache it was trying to figure out between these top five these are some of the best players oh i know yeah um i mean multiple mvps within this list of, of our top fives but steph curry uh greatest shooter of all time incredible mvp but kevin durant was such a good scorer in every way it's hard for me to like pick between those two yeah but if if i guess if i had to build a team around someone i think i'm still picking a kevin durant okay um and just with the other guys on the list i i have him down there at that five but try and talk me out of that because i'm i'm not very confident in how low i've got him.
1: okay so Um, um the one thing i'll say about you know there's the the curry durant you know argument because obviously they play on the same team they both have won mvps right Uh, i think the reason durant has been a little bit overvalued over curry in the last like since he joined the warriors is because the matchup that really mattered was against the Cavs, who have lebron james Mm. and durant was a guy that could defend lebron make lebron work gotcha and um, whereas Curry, you know, he's a guy that LeBron could even slow down a little bit on that end of the floor, right. but I think it's a little unfair to not Curry too far down because of right. the second greatest player of all time gives him some trouble, right. <laughs> you know, and, Very true. <laughs> um, uh, I Fair. think, I think against the majority of teams in the NBA, they would struggle dealing with Curry more than they would with Durant. Uh, because you know the idea that Curry is so good shooting threes off the dribble that you have to completely reshape how you play defense and really push your defense out to the perimeter. And again, that opens up shots for Draymond Green, and then he can kick it to all these other shooters. I think an offense started by Steph Curry in general is going to be more effective than Kevin Durant. Uh, even though as good as Kevin Durant is, yeah, that's such a hard uh, thing to say, um, but yeah, uh, he mostly again I think is getting shots for himself. Yeah, you know he's he's developed his passing a little bit, um, but he's a guy that at his height is almost in his confidence level, which he's deserved all of that confidence. Right. Uh, he's mostly looking for his own shot, and you know he's capable of knocking it down at a high percentage. Right. Um, but I think just in terms of uh, the true shooting percentage uh, that Curry has with the three-point shooting, uh, and and how much that pushes the defense away from the basket, which gets Golden State all those easy layups and all those sorts of shots. Right, I think makes him a little bit more valuable. Okay. Um, and you could also make the case that you know, I, and I probably agree with this, that Kevin Durant's a better defender than Curry just purely based on size, right. I mean, you know, um, seven foot guy who can do all those. Yeah. But if you factor in just like Curry's point guard defense versus Durant's small forward defense, I don't think there's as big of a gap as mm. people would like, like you to believe. Um, hmm. so, so I, I personally have Curry higher than Durant, yeah. which would surprise a lot of people, I think. But those are kind of some of my, my thoughts as to why. Yeah. And, and, Yes, Steph Curry,
2: I mean, we've had talks about that before with comparing him to actually Michael Jordan in terms of the impact that you have on the offensive end of the floor, Mm -hmm. right? But the difference being with Steph Curry that they're drawing out defenses, uh, double teams, like 30 feet from the basket, which is unheard of, right? (laughs) That makes it wide open for anyone else trying to score. Um, So, yeah, I, I think it's fair to put Steph Curry higher as just, these, these other four that we've well, got in our top fives are just insanely good.
1: Well, and how about this for a thought in terms of, let's think about the Warriors pre-Kevin Durant, right? right. Um, you know, Steph Curry was playing with Draymond and Clay Thompson, who obviously we both had as pretty high, but they're still like we had them in the more like the 10 to 15 range, right? Right. Um, so look at a team like that Durant has played on in the past. With Westbrook, Harden, and Ibaka. Right. Right? I think all of those guys, we would say, were in the 10 to 15 range. Right. uh, And those teams never even won 60 games. Yet Steph Curry was the best player on a 73-win team. And he also (laughs) won a championship.
2: Beating uh, (laughs) OKC in the, the conference finals in order to get there as well before kevin durant do you think people are, i mean maybe this is just me feeling guilty here but do you think people have forgotten that kevin durant you know jumped ship after <laughs> you know after losing to them and jumped to that team because it seems like lebron was hated for a long time after the decision but even
1: it even with lebron it was the first year it was very venomous from yeah. the fans but then after that it kind of yeah you know relaxed i think just Same time, things happening. Time just passes, and people, you know, aren't as passionate. Forget right. about it a little bit. But I, yeah, you're right. Like I think it's already the narrative that like that's in the past, and right. Durant's a warrior, and you know, he was he's a champion now, right? <laughs> and that moves him up. Yeah, I might have to think about
2: that again. But yeah, Steph Curry's one of my favorites at, at number five. So um,
1: okay, so I, I have. Um, I'll, I'll say my sure. five now. I've got James Harden at that spot. Okay. Um and. Offensively, Harden has been sensational
2: yeah. this season. His
1: passing ability, his isolation scoring. He's shooting 40% from three this year. Yeah. Uh, his ball handling. He's, he's unbelievable what he's able to do on the offensive end. I still just drop him down a peg or two because of the defensive effort yeah he can even with chris paul his defensive effort hasn't been much better it's maybe been slightly better yeah Um, but you'd think with chris paul taking some of those playmaking duties off of james harden's hands that you know he could commit more consistently on that end but right uh, he's just never been a good defensive player i just don't think he's ever considered it important right and you know these four guys ahead of him are just are better on better and they take it more seriously for sure for sure, okay. Um,
2: I actually have Harden at the next spot, okay, for because, and the only reason I don't have him higher than the other people it's because of defense, like you said, yeah,
1: um, yeah, okay. So, what mm, about your number four? My number four is Kevin Durant, mm. okay, so, okay, um, people are probably gonna freak out about <laughs> multiple people that I have above Kevin Durant, yeah, um, and you, you've probably figured out who I have above him at this point, you know. I, I mean, I, I really love Kevin Durant. Again, his his offensive ability is, is unlike anything we've ever seen at nearly seven feet. Right. Uh, and his ability to move, drive, finish, uh, and shoot the basketball at an extremely high level. Mm-hmm. Uh, his defense, I think, is a little bit overrated in terms of you know he's averaging he's he's one of the top 5 in shot blocks which I think is a valuable skill he's been a decent rim protector but I think his consistent defensive effort isn't there. Yeah. Um and you know he he gets blown by a little bit more than you would like to see. Um but he's still a good defender. I don't right. wanna, I just don't think he's as great he's like an elite defender like a lot of people are claiming he is that he deserves to be first team all defense. I don't believe that to be yeah. true either. Um but but yeah, I think the the offensive game, I think it's one of those things um, similar to Kyrie prior to this year, prior to him taking a bunch more threes. I think he's a guy that unbelievable at scoring and getting his own shot, but it's a little bit like all you guys kind of stand and watch. That was kind of how yeah. you know the the OKC Durant was. Yeah. Um. And obviously the system and the fact that Steph Curry and Clay Thompson are such. Uh, great threats on offense has opened up his game to be less of just that catch and hold it and, and all of those sorts of things. Right. Um so you gotta give him credit for being able to be successful offensively in multiple different systems as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just think my top three are just, you know, just a little bit better. Okay. Um and again, we're talking top five in in the NBA in a sport that's already the top 1% of basketball, you know, top one percent of basketball players in the world. <laughs> exactly. And now we're talking the top 5 of that 0.1%. Right. These guys are all amazing. It's just small little factors. Right. Yeah, can't really go wrong with any of them. Yeah. Um, so I'll just say my number 3, because this is going to be another surprise, I think, to some people, that, that I have Kawhi Leonard ahead of Durant as well. Yeah. I think offensively Durant is the superior player. Right, um but Kawhi has just gotten better and better, and the fact that he has become a forty percent three point shooter and a guy that can score on the block, can hit in the mid range, can run a pick and roll. Um, I think the next step in Kawhi's offensive evolution would be the passing. Yeah, I think he still needs to get better at that, but I don't think Durant has a huge edge in passing over him. I wouldn't say Durant's it. gotten better certainly, and I think he's got a little bit of an edge, but uh, I think the difference in defense is 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 a lot in when you're comparing durant and leonard i think leonard is when healthy the best defender in the nba durant is you know a b plus defender so that that gap i think is bigger than the gap between durant and leonard's offense, offense yeah that's i think you make
2: some good points there i have leonard at the three spot as well okay um Like, like you said, just defensively, this, this dude is a monster on that end. It's, it's awesome. I, he's one of the few players that you can watch, like, highlight, like, defensive highlights of, uh, just stripping the ball from people. Yeah. It doesn't happen as, as much anymore for me. Like, most of the highlights are people crossing up or crazy threes, and I can watch just hours and hours of him just picking people's pockets on the defensive end. So good at that. Um, yeah, it's hard for me, like, to put him over, over Durant, like, I'm thinking, like, if we're on the playground and we're picking, like, our, you know, top people, and I've got the choice between the two, it's that's so tough. But you make a lot of good points with Leonard.
1: I mean, the the level of defense, you know, we were talking when we did the um, the all-time top 25 player um, discussion, where you know you were talking about Scottie Pippen being one of the greatest perimeter stoppers, yeah, in in the history of the NBA, and I mentioned Kawhi Leonard as being, you know, if he keeps this up he'll be the greatest perimeter stopper ever. I think he's the one guy in the entire league that LeBron James literally looks at him and says, "Oh, right. this is going to be tough to score." Right. You know, against everybody else, even guys that at least can stand their own and and not get made a fool out of, <laughs> um uh LeBron still knows like, "I can score 40 if I want to score 40." Kawhi's the one guy it's like I don't think I, it might be a challenge to get to 30 tonight, <laughs> you know, I'm right. going to have to work for 30. Right. Uh, and, and that is so valuable and, and his ability to not only be a great on ball defender, but his off ball defense is sensational as well. Yeah. He's got such strong hands. He can reach in from far away and just rip the ball from the guy. <laughs> right. Uh, you oh know, yeah. It's awesome. Um, you know, his his defense is so exceptional. And, again, his offensive game has gotten to the point where he's one of the top, I would say, 10 to 15 best offensive players in the game as well. Yeah. So you factor in, you know, the two-way play. And that, you know, prior to this year, which it's been unfortunate he's suffered some injuries and hasn't been able to improve, but every year up until, you know, through last year, he got better and better on the offensive end each year. Right. Uh and you know I I feel like that will continue as long as he's able to to get healthy. Definitely. Okay. So
2: number 3 we're both in agreement there. What do you got for your number 2?
1: So Jungle. I have I have uh <laughs> Steph Curry. Steph Curry is my number 2. Okay. Um yeah. Again, I think uh, you know, he's proven that he can, even prior to Durant, that he which can be the true. best player on not only the best offensive team in the league, but they were the best defensive team in the league also. Yeah. You know, so people, all the people that talk about Curry being this, you know, horrible defender, I think they're just focusing in on when he gets matched up against LeBron, which any point guard at six three is going <laughs> to struggle. Right. Um, but you can build an elite defense with him as your point guard. Like, he works hard. He... He can get over screens like he's actually a pretty good steals guy. He yes. he's got good hands. Um, so I think he's I honestly believe he's an above average defensive player. Yeah. And offensively, I think he's the best offensive player in the sport. Hmm. I think his really? yes um, over
2: a Harden and okay
1: yes uh, I think he's he's that good on the offensive end. Um, the fact that he you know attempts like. Eight or nine three. I don't have the stats offhand, right, but like right. eight or nine threes a game and makes them at for his career over forty percent. Right. You know, um, his MVP season shot like forty six percent from three. Uh, you know, this year I think he's in the low forties. But uh, and and the the difficulty of those threes as well to shoot them at at that high of a volume, that high of a difficulty, and make them at that high of a percentage is phenomenal. Yeah. And uh, you know he's also. Um, you know he's not quite at Kyrie's level in terms of the the layups with the spins off the glass right, but, but he's, he's probably he's number 2 yeah uh and and also the the ability to finish with either hand you know he's gotten really good at that um you know he's even got that in between game that little floater for, that he can hit from about 15 feet right uh so he's got the all-around offensive package and, you know, I think he's a better passer than people give him credit for as well. I think the reason, you know, he doesn't average the assists like LeBron is because he's a score-first guy, whereas LeBron is a, you know, a yeah, pass-first pass first. guy. Um, so I, I, I genuinely think Curry is, is, the, is the best offensive player, the best Ooh. shooter of all time. Um definitely agree on that. And uh you know the the way he can shoot off the dribble has re- revolutionized the sport of basketball and mm-hmm. it makes the defense make you know decisions that just are lose lose decisions. Right. You know and there's there's nobody else that quite makes the defense make decisions like that you know I guess yeah. LeBron would be close in terms of the do we play him one-on-one or do we double though right. that's a lose-lose most of the time mm-hmm. but I think the do we let Curry take it off the dribble three or do we let Draymond run a four on three I think a that's scarier. even a, war- a yeah. scarier
2: decision I agree yeah that's make a really good argument makes it hard to then have to follow that up with my number two <laughs> um I have Kevin Durant in that spot and Yeah, I was trying to think of like, you know, if I put Curry on another team, what would that look like in a different system? Um, But I I think you're right. Part of the reason why the Warriors system is so elite, a huge part of that is because of Curry, Mm -hmm. right? It's built around his ability to shoot the ball. Yeah. Um, Yes, he's got amazing players around him, but he is part of the reason why the Clay Thompsons and the, the Draymond Greens of the world... Do as well as they do. He does make people better around him. Yeah. Where Durant had some really good uh talent over there when Harden was on that team and they weren't able to break through. Mm-hmm. Um it's yeah, I for a long time I've I've had kind of Kevin Durant as the number 2 yeah. in, in the league behind LeBron and I still kind of haven't updated
1: that, you know. Uh, no, I mean it, it you, you can make a lot of arguments definitely. as to why Durant should be number 2. I mean That that size, that ability, uh, that ability to shoot—that I mean—he's an elite scorer, right? And he's an above-average defensive player, right? uh, With uh, you know great size, he can rim protect. You know, he could do a ton of things that you need to succeed. And I think you know he's the difference between the Golden State-Cleveland rivalry. You know, especially if Cleveland kept Kyrie and Golden State never got Durant, I think that was going to be a really tight battle for years to come right uh where it was you know anybody's guesses who would win and adding durant you know you, you obviously you add a top 5 player that helps you a ton but also the ability for him to match up with lebron yeah. make lebron work and then you know uh i think the the thing that uh, cleveland did when they beat golden state is they put lebron on green and switched those pick and rolls between curry and green but yeah. as soon as durant came it made the Cavs have to make a decision between who does LeBron guard. Does he does he guard Green and stop that pick and roll, but then Durant goes off? Or do you put him on Durant stop him but then they can run that Curry Green pick and roll. Right. So Durant, you know I think people maybe overrate his value because in that specific matchup he was the perfect antidote for what Cleveland was trying to do to succeed. Right. Um but, you know, Again, I have him at number four. I think Durant is terrific. He's you know a a multi-time scoring champion, an MVP. Uh, You know he did a great job leading Oklahoma City without Westbrook that one year, Mm -hmm. um, where that was the year he won MVP. But even that season, I believe they didn't get out of the second round of the playoffs. Right. Um, So uh, I question if Durant won. because Durant and Curry can be kind of co-best players, we no longer can really figure this yeah, out. Yeah, it really is. But if they're the best players on a team, I've seen Curry win a championship. I've seen him win 73. Whereas Durant... Very true. You know, I saw him win 57 games and make an NBA Finals, but lose. Right. Um, you know, so I guess... You know, people might say, "Well, you're comparing these guys 2 or 3 years ago as opposed to who they are right now, but I think yeah. they're both pretty similar players to now that they were a couple years yeah. ago." Yeah. I'm going to have to keep thinking about that cuz that's that's this is a really interesting
2: uh part of the conversation cuz wasn't it a, a game 7 that the uh, Warriors were able to come back and beat OKC in that year?
1: Yes, right?
2: So mm-hmm. I mean, I'm trying they to They were think. down like, 3-1. Right. Yeah. I'm trying to think what if they could have gotten that win, what that ma- matchup would have been like of right. know, Durant and, and uh But Curry was also
1: hurt in that series. Ah, uh, very true. Yeah. So.
2: Oh, man. I don't know if if we're boring people on this. We're like right at the end there, ready for number one, and still discussing number two. But, yeah, uh, I love this with... Uh, but, yeah, like, very, the, yeah.
1: you know, the fact that Curry was still able to beat Durant, even yeah. hurt, you know...
2: Oh, you you make some really good points, man. Yeah. Um all right, so I feel like at this point it's pretty obvious who the number 1 is. Marcus All. Marcus All um by far the best. Um yes, I'm glad we're in total agreement. That's uh, been it for us. This is Dunkin' Dynasty. Um No, I'm just kidding. That's
1: <laughs> Yeah. LeBron well, I don't James. think anyone's surprised by that. We've talked about <laughs> LeBron so much already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, we uh, we think he's amazing. Um, <laughs> the uh, The recent Cavs struggles, I, uh, you know, I um, sort of knocking down his leadership ability a little bit. You know, there's been uh, you know the fact that their defense is, is has been really horrible. I know it's not. You know, you can't put all that blame on one player, um, but as the leader of the team and as the team's best defensive player, it's up to him to set an example for all the other guys, and yeah. I don't think he does a very good job of that in terms of his effort and his commitment on that end yeah. on a night-to-night basis. But again, you could, you know, the counter argument would be, well, Ty Lue's playing him 38 minutes. Like, you know, he can't give 100% energy defensively under that sort of workload at his age. Right. But yeah, what do you think? How much blame do you think he deserves for sort of their recent defensive struggles.
2: I mean, it's really hard to say. Like, yeah, the the captain, the leaders has got to set the example, and it'd be great to see him doing that, you know, uh, every single night going out there guarding and just shutting down whoever he's going on. But uh, we've talked before how LeBron's mindset in the regular season has kind of been, you know, not every time, but kind of coasting on the defensive end at times. So that he can save it for the playoffs, and also increasing, hopefully, his longevity as a player. Right. You know, like, he really hasn't gone down a whole lot in his athleticism. I mean, he has, but compared to most players in the league, he's yeah. still one of the most athletic players, <laughs> yeah. and shows no sign of slowing down. Um, and how old is he at this point? 33. 33? 33? This that's insane, <laughs> yeah. right? We have no idea what a forty-year-old LeBron's going to look like. He still might be out
1: there dunking on people. Like we and, were just talking about how Al Horford at thirty-one is, you know, right, uh, is on the old side of things for the Celtics and can't, you know, maybe isn't on the same timetable as the right twenty-somethings. But mm-hmm. if he were LeBron, it'd be like, oh, no, that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> cool. Yeah, you're still in your prime. <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: so yeah, I mean. That he might be playing the long game there of thinking like as long as we get to the playoffs and we're relatively healthy and I'm relatively healthy we're going to be able to get to a championship and you know I can turn it on even from there and go up another level like he's done in the past couple uh uh finals but I don't know it's it's kind of a gamble to if they're playing this bad right now you may have to throw that strategy out the window and say you know what I just got to go all in yeah set the example
1: well and you know there's the interesting idea of like you know is just keeping this final streak up for another couple of years enough to push his name over the likes of a Michael Jordan even if he doesn't win more championships right. you know if he gets to 10 straight finals would that be considered a greater accomplishment than winning six championships mm. you know and that's something that maybe we could uh you know that uh, that might actually be relevant in a couple of years because if he keeps this up as you were talking about where You know, he is conserving energy for the playoffs and then performing extremely well. His team's going to be the favorites to get in the finals, you know, barring maybe the Celtics getting Anthony Davis or something like that. Would that overvalue the idea that, oh, you know, he's he's not setting an example, his teams aren't good defensively, and therefore not prepared to beat the best teams that come out of the Western Conference? Right. I think that's the biggest issue is, you know, the Cavs last year, they scored plenty against Golden State in the finals. But they just couldn't stop them at all. Right. You know, and if you can't stop them and you know, that comes from developing a defensive identity throughout the season. Right. And and, you know, developing those habits. And then when you need the habits most you're used to doing it, you can execute. Right. But if you haven't done it for eight months, and then all of a sudden you're like, all right, we need to execute like four switches in seven seconds to right. make sure that we don't allow Curry to get an open three, right. you're more likely to fail uh, <laughs> as a team that didn't execute all year than you would as you know, a team that consistently um, you know worked hard uh, to, to make sure your defensive principles were sound.
2: Yeah, for the the role players on your team, they need that consistency cuz they're going to play at that same level hopefully regular season playoffs. They're not you, LeBron. They can't <laughs> just, you know, be the greatest player in the the world and then also go up a
1: level <laughs> in the finals. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you're right. Um, but certainly I think LeBron is head over heels the best player in the NBA, especially, you know, when you're talking playoffs. Right, uh, I don't think regular season he's the best. I, mm-hmm. I mean, as evidenced by the fact that he hasn't won an MVP in a long time. Mm-hmm. But playoff time, when he does bring that defensive oh ability, gosh. he's you know <laughs> obviously a top five offensive player and a top five defensive player. Yeah. So you know, it's I, it, uh, it is crazy, and uh, you know he's he's obviously we talked about him being the number two player of all time. So if you're that, you're generally you're going to be the number one current player. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but, but, yeah, I, um, uh, is there anything else you wanted to add? Is there any other um, players that, uh, I guess we didn't really talk much about DeMarcus Cousins and you yeah. know, and guys that would be injured. Yeah. Would, would you have a Gordon Hayward win healthy hmm. um, Like anywhere near your top 25 or even higher? I think I might
2: have him in the top 25. I'm not sure where yeah. I would have, and it's it's hard for me to think now, you know, after the injury too, like where to place him. Mm-hmm. Um, And with Cousins, that's another good point. I'm not sure where I'd put him. What about you with those two? That's, um, that's an interesting conversation.
1: Gordon Hayward would probably be just outside my top 25 he's probably more in the top 30 range for me okay um you know he's he's a really good player he can shoot the ball well he can create a little bit he's a decent defender he's just not really i don't feel like a lead at anything he's just kind of a um i would i would compare him to sort of uh a less defensive impactful like al horford in terms of he can do a lot of things well uh but he doesn't have the yeah the near the defensive impact sure But you know, I think uh, the Celtics adding a a top 30 player to their current roster would help them a lot. (laughs) Right. And I think it would make them, you know, a contender at least in the East if they had him this year. Uh, And there's still, you know, rumblings that maybe he would come back at some point. But I highly doubt that. Yeah. Um. But in terms of, oh, and you know, we'll get to Cousins here in a sec. But there's also Mike Conley is another guy, point guard that. Mm i would probably have in my top 25 if he was healthy but he's had some achilles issues uh it's been unfortunate for him because he's you know he's had achilles soreness and uh, like the only real remedy to that is rest um but then you know he'll get back out there and then he'll start feeling sore again he's got to sit out again it's almost like you have to tear your achilles (laughs) to then fully heal <laughs> it's right. this unfortunate situation where it's like it's well sale. i don't want to tear by achilles right but then i also don't want to keep having these chronic issues where every couple of weeks i gotta you know sit out a week or two you yeah know?
2: the coaches would almost have to just make that call of like we're just gonna kind of not to phone it in for the season but to just keep him from tearing it they'd have to keep him out for you know significant amount of time to just let it rest
1: yeah um that stinks
2: because then you're going to lose games, <laughs> <laughs> right?
1: But yeah, if if Mike Conley was healthy, I would probably put him in that Kyle Lowry, who I had number twenty three. Yeah. I'd put him in that range. Uh, he's really good two way offensive uh, offensive and defensive player. Uh, and yeah, what about uh, what about Cousins? Where where would you put Demarcus uh, mm. as far as
2: uh,
1: your your rankings?
2: I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking top fifteen. I'm not sure exactly where i'd put him yeah um i would say top 15
1: he's a tough case because like talent wise you know he's a plus three-point shooter he's also a bully like post-up like brute yeah (laughs) uh and you know he's a good passer (laughs) he's extremely talented and defensively when he's committed you know is is pretty good on that end as well Mm -hmm. Uh, but there's too many times where you see him like complaining about a call and not getting back and uh you know um either go, just going off after an offensive rebound that he has no chance of getting just so he can kinda of saunter back. And there were a few people the the dunked on guys and uh Zach Lowe mentioned that there are too many possessions where there are nine people on the T V screen. <laughs> and he's just on the other yeah demarcus cousins is still jogging or even walking back on defense (laughs) uh and you know that definitely i feel like would hurt your team morale it would hurt um you know obviously your defense when you're constantly playing four on five as well That's not you know just pure math would tell you that's that's not the position you want to be in too often (laughs) uh so there there's a lot of that, but um you know the numbers he was putting up this year were just insane, like high twenties points and double digit rebounds and you know he yeah. he's he's a super talented player, but uh you know sort of the attitude has has always been a bit of an issue as to why he's not like a bona fide top ten guy right right um. But yeah that's uh was there anybody else on your mind that you were thinking of that uh you would like to mention or uh not really i mean we we already talked about some of our
2: honorable mentions there. yeah, um, yeah, really excited for what Mitchell's gonna do in the
1: future oh yeah,
2: um, it's looks really promising so far so. right,
1: well yeah, it'll be interesting if Utah elects to maybe keep the cap clean and try to to bring on a star free agent to combine with Mitchell and Gobert you know if you let some of those role players go that aren't quite as good and and bring on another star you know you could have something real special going there oh yeah that's all we have for our top 25 current players thank you so much for listening for Anthony Brown I am Garrett Bouguet this has been Duncan Dynasty
0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for.